Hey, what's up, folks? Uh, welcome to the Eric Bailey Blog Podcast. This is the first podcast of 2019, so let me start the show off by saying uh, Happy New Year. Um, and I hope that the seven or eight days that we've been in this year so far have been uh, meeting or exceeding your expectations if you were one of those people that set those expectations. Um, so uh, if you're if you're uh, out there still listening, welcome to episode four. I'm glad that you guys been rocking with me. Um, we're gonna talk um, gonna talk about a couple of things, uh, a few things today. Um, mostly it's going to be uh, the hot topic right now. Mostly it's gonna be R. Kelly. I'm kind of been steering clear of it. Uh, in print because I wanted to just say a couple of things about that. Uh, We're going to be talking um, a little bit of politics. We're going to be talking some tax returns and government shutdown. And we're going to, you know, end it with a little bit of Laker basketball. So uh, let's just go ahead and dive right into it. Um, It's interesting. Um, You know, the hot topic you know, has been for a couple of days uh, about R. Kelly and his, uh, you know, sexual, ex- uh, ex- uh, you know, escapades uh, and shenanigans uh, with minors. And it's really funny. Well, it gets deeper than, than just that. It gets deeper than just the statutory uh, rate. You know, the man obviously has problems now. Um, <clears throat> first and foremost, I'm just going to start things off by saying that I haven't seen the documentary uh, or docu-series or whatever it's called, and I have no desire to. Um, I have no intention to, uh, simply because um, one of the things that, you know, I'm like, I took isn't the selective uh, the selective reaction to R. Kelly. It's more so, a, it's more so the, delay, the, the delayed reaction. Like, this is something that has been known about this man for most, like, north of 20 years. Um, one of one of the, the two things I love referencing are the 2005 episode of the Boondocks, uh, the trial of R. Kelly, um, and the uh, pee on you skit that uh, Dave Chappelle did on his show in 2003 or 2004, I can't remember because I think it was season two. But um, this is something that, you know, was known 14, you know, 14, 15 years ago. Uh, And not only was it not known, it was known well enough to be parodied. So we're sitting up now getting upset about something that we should like. And everybody's like, oh, you know, we need to hashtag mute R. Kelly and, and things like that. But, I mean, this is something that we've known for quite some time. Like, we should have shut down R. Kelly, like, a a while ago. You know, I don't know exactly where we were as a culture and as a society, um, you know, when the tape with the 15-year-old girl came out. I don't know where we were back then where we should have muted and silenced R. Kelly then. Um, But we should have. um, Because... Right now, you're hearing a lot of people saying that, well, you know what, he may be a person, but, you know, we need to separate the person from the gift and the contributions to society that he's made. But, I mean, that seems really convenient, at least to me, 
simply because um, you know you I don't I don't I don't personally think that you can pick and choose um, you know when you decide to support somebody for the art and the craft that they've done regardless of the lifestyle that they've lived um, you know especially when it's something as as sensitive as you know engaging in you know sexual activity with uh, children essentially because I don't to me there isn't a huge difference between somebody who's nine and who's 16. Eight, they still kids. In the eyes of the law, and, and in, in my eyes, you know, a 16-year-old is, you know, essentially the same as a nine-year-old. You know, they may be a little bit further along the curve, but the thing is, they still in that curve. So um, I don't think that because he is a phenomenal songwriter and he can sing, I don't think that we should, you know, completely gloss over the fact that this man is essentially a cancer on society. You know, if you're if you're a sexual predator but you can sing, I don't think that you should be given a pass on the sexual predator part. Um so I don't know uh, one why why there's an outrage for this now when there wasn't like he like he's essentially been the same person for, you know, twenty five years. Um and he he hasn't really done um, all that much to um, he he really hasn't done uh, all that much to even refute the claims. Um, again, uh, off the top of my head, I'm, I'm thinking of the uh, the Visa Asari stand up that he did. Uh, I want to say back in 2008 when uh, you know he's sitting up saying uh, he was watching the. Uh, interview we did on 60 Minutes, and, you know, Ed Bradley asked him, you know, are you attracted to teenage girls? And the answer he gives is, define teenage. And I'm like, this was from 2008. The boom, like, you know, Aaron Magruder parodied him in his 2005 episode. Dave Chappelle made fun of him with the P on you uh, parody back in 2003. So I'm like, so... We don't even have to go as far back as 94, 95. I'm like, this is within recent memory. And even though social media was still kind of in its infancy, you know, it was still able to get this kind of information out there. So, I mean, I'm all for it if we're all for, you know, uh, shutting down and not being able to allow a sexual predator to live a a life of wealth and privilege. I'm all for that. But... Um, you know, I'm a, one, I'm a little curious as to why it took so long, uh, because it, it became, it became a thing even when we had, you know, internet and social media and we were able to get information out there, um, you know, across great distances and, um, you know, in a very relatively short amount of time. So, um, again, I'm not going, I'm 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 still kind of wondering why it took so long for people to get upset about this, you know, and where our our sense of morality was, you know, 15 years ago. Um, I'm like, because the reason, because I hope this just isn't a trend. Like, I hope it's not just, you know, like we're for justice now, but you know, that may not that may not be where we are 10 years. Um. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm all team. Let's not let's let this be the end of R. Kelly. Um 
the streams are going up, so I mean, so some people aren't getting the message, but you know, um, I guess it's better that um, you know people are at least starting to make it seem like they care. I mean, terrible person, terrible person, and I, and I don't think that um, I don't think that um, whatever talent he has should overshadow the fact that he is, again, I'll come out and say a cancer on our society. Uh, I believe that, you know, if you are a sexual predator, especially if you prey on underage women or underage girls, what I I rather say, um, then you are a cancer on society and, you know, the law should show you absolutely no mercy. Um, I don't think that we should allow this person to live a life of wealth and luxury and privilege simply because he can sing good. I mean, there are tons of people that sing good. Um, You know, you can play other things besides R. Kelly at a wedding. Um, A lot of other artists that don't have sex with little girls. Um, So let's bypass the R. Kelly thing. Um, Something else I wanted to uh, touch on was, you know, the government shut down. Um, it's interesting. It really is interesting. I, um, I was reading an article not too long ago that, uh, you know, the shutdown affected TSA workers, and I'm like, I don't get the purpose of, you know, shutting the government down to pay for border security when you're leaving the airports vulnerable. And, um, you know, with the horrific uh, incidents, or uh, with the horrific incidents of, you know, September 11th, uh, we've shown, or we we have already seen, um, what lackadaisical um, monitoring of airports and airport security can do. So, having said that, I think that in the best interest of national security really need to evaluate, because um, I'll, I'll come out and say this, we did a terrible job with this last presidential election, very terrible job, um, it's not even necessarily the gross underqualification um, and the terrible business practices before becoming president, I think that Donald Trump is just in a kind of... I mean, it's an understatement to say he's inadequate for, um, you know, commander-in-chief in the office of the presidency. But, you know, if you're going to do something that directly contradicts what you're trying, like the message you're trying to convey, um, I mean, to me, that should be a wake-up call to all of us to say, like, you know what, I don't really think that the person leading us into the 21st century and, and, you know, being the leader of the free world, I don't think he's doing that great of a job. Um, I would say he's doing a terrible job. Um, and not just at the office. I mean, you know, like, I'm, I'm talking about, like, doing a terrible job at what he set out to do. You know, if you set out to say, hey, you know, one of the things that I want to do is build a wall, and I'm going to get Mexico to pay for the wall, and then that goes from, well, they'll reimburse us to... Well, we'll pay for it, but, you know, so on and so forth. And then one of the things that you do is you just completely filibuster all types of public work or, you know, governmental work 
to pay, like get money for this wall, but one of the results is making our airports and, you know, uh, everything having to do with, tra- uh, you know, transportation infrastructure just a little, like, just a little more unsafe. I, I don't get the point of that. Because it's not even like, because at that point, it's not, you didn't set out, it's not like you're not doing what the office set out to do. Like, specifically what you said you were going to do, you're directly contradicting yourself. So, to me, it's problematic in the sense that, um, if you're saying, I mean, if you if you make a statement by saying, like, this person is inadequate to leave, that's one thing, uh, which he is. But if you're saying, like, this person can't even carry out the things that he said he was going to do, and in the process of trying to do it, make things worse in other areas, yeah, I mean, let's, let's hope that this is one term. I don't know why we don't get a vote of confidence like most parliamentary systems. Seems pretty cool because, I mean, you know, if you elect somebody for four years and they, they're doing a really shitty job within those four years, I think that you should be able to say, you know what, we made a mistake, let's have a recall. But I digress. Um, so hopefully, uh, you know, with the shutdown um, rolling on and, and, you know, getting back on track, I want to talk about tax returns. Here's the thing about tax returns I don't get, especially with the emergence of social media. I don't think that people understand what tax returns really are. And I think that we need to do a much better job as a society kind of controlling ignorance. I know, I know it seems like a never-ending uh, never battle, but like, I don't really think that most people understand what tax returns are in the sense that when you calculate how much income tax that you paid throughout the year, it gets to determine whether you paid too much or whether you didn't pay enough. So a, re- so a refund is you being taxed at a rate in which you pay too much income tax and are therefore being paid a difference. Now, the reason why I mention that it's because you hear a lot of people talking smack about other people who plan on using a refund. Um, mostly about like, oh, well, you know, you only get to ball during tax season, so on and so forth. You only get to live extravagantly during tax season. And I get it. I get it. I understand it. But it's not like this is free money. Like, this is literally the money you work for and overpaid. So... Maybe let's start learning what things are before we kind of jump on the boat to chastise people. At least I think so. Um, now, I'm going to conclude the show with uh, talking Lakers basketball. Probably actually going to take up the bulk of the show with this. Um, I know that they got a pummeled. They just got a, they just got a, an ass whooping from Minnesota. And uh, here's the thing about that. Like, I know Rondo's out. I know Kuzma's out. I know LeBron's out. So, you know, I know injuries are kind of impeding the pro- uh, progress, but here's my thing. I've been a Lakers fan 
as far back as I can remember being old enough to follow basketball. So let's just say the, the arbitrary year I used was like 94. I'm going to say I was, you know, I've been a Lakers fan since birth because, I mean, dude, I'm like, you know, you don't know how to use the bathroom yet. You don't really know how to pick a team. So let's say I've been a Lakers fan since 94. I was 7 and 94. I have seen the Lakers suck. I've seen a lot of years where they suck. Now, I got lucky to start paying attention to basketball right when they got Shaq and Kobe. So, some of those suck years were, you know, they made the playoffs because you get past Utah. But some of those years were watching Smush Parker and Kwame Brown and Chris Mim. Some of those years were watching Robert Sacre and Xavier Henry and uh, um, who else? Uh, a whole bunch of other suck players like uh, Joshua Roberts and stuff like that. Like, I had to watch the Lakers suck for a really long time. So I was excited to see, you know, us finally get a star player and maybe some emergent talent. But it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. I'm perfectly fine with watching them suck some more. Because I know at least at some point they'll get back on track. Um, I do know that the Lakers have garnered a lot of fans just from the presence of LeBron James. And that's cool. But, you know, this whole, like, it's time to panic. I mean, dude, they sucked prior to getting them for five years. So, trust me, I'm like, it's not the end of the world. Would I like to see them win another championship? Yeah, but I witnessed them watch five. I mean, I witnessed them win five. So, I mean... I'm a little more patient than most other people because I've been a fan for so long. So you're hearing uh, trade rumors, little trade rumors and stuff like that. Personally, I don't even really think they need to trade anybody. I think they need better coaching. Um, I, to this day, Luke Walton's been the coach for like two and a half years now. I still don't know what's up with this rotation. Most Contending teams have a like have a seven eight man rotation, and it seems like he's still trying to figure out starting lineups. Two years into the job, now I know that you have a lot of player movement. Um, you've had a lot of trades. Uh, you had a lot of free agent signings, and I understand that. But the thing is, um, if you still don't really know what your go to lineup is just yet, you've been on the job going into your third year. Uh, maybe maybe. It's time to look at the coaching, especially when you look at things like D'Angelo Russell in Brooklyn and the year he's having. Now, granted, um, they're not doing so great in the standings in terms of win-losses, but the Nets are in, you know, seventh place, and, you know, they play in a pretty weak division, so they can very easily make the playoffs if they continue to play. So D'Angelo Russell in his fourth year is having, you know, a phenomenal time over there in Brooklyn. Julius Randle is having a phenomenal time in New Orleans. Same thing. Win-losses may not necessarily be there, but collectively that's a team effort. So when you see, um, you know, those players kind of branch off and become more substantial players in other systems, it makes you it makes you set up and look like, well, you know what, maybe it was our system that kind of failed these players rather than the players failing the team. Could be. It's just something to look at. Um I think they play the Mavericks tonight um, or tomorrow. I don't really know. I haven't really checked the schedule just yet. 
working nights kind of throws me off, so I'm normally just kind of checking these things through highlights and reading up on them. But, um, yeah, ultimately, um, I look forward to this Maverick game. Uh, I would really like to see Brandon Ingram grow into the player everyone else expects him to be. I've been saying it from day one. I didn't really see anything special about him in terms of the uh, Kevin Durant comparisons. And I personally thought the Kevin Durant comparisons were just a disrespect to Kevin Durant because this kid came out of Texas shooting 45% and dropping 20 a game. Um, so um, I thought that uh, the comparison I made from Brandon Ingram's first year is Tayshawn Prince with a little bit of like with a little bit better of a skill set, maybe a little bit better of a shooter. Um, so if you look at it from that regard, I'm like he's doing exactly what he um, can do. Um, is that something that you seventh uh, second overall pick on? Maybe not, but I mean, last couple of years in the draft kind of been a crapshoot. I mean, I, I, I'd have to save this for another show, but like. I don't really. I haven't really been impressed with like the last three years of the NBA draft. Um, I haven't seen anything impressive. Have I seen some really cool things? Yeah. Have I seen some all right things? Yeah. Um, but in terms of just you know franchise changing talent and culture take changing talent, I haven't seen that from draft in like three years. Um, and maybe that'll be the premise of the next show. But um, having said that, let's go Lakers. Um, Let's go tax returns, uh, and let's go keeping R. Kelly out of uh, out of music business. Um, that being said, um, enjoy your work week. I'm on my way. I'm actually doing this on the drive to work now, hands-free, of course. But um, those are just some of my thoughts. I don't know when episode five is coming. Um, hopefully, shout out to my boy Josh, who is uh, supposed to be, we were supposed to do episode four together, but... Um, you know, he got, got caught up uh, with the stomach bug, so he wasn't able to do it. So um, we'll be doing episode five as a joint venture, um, hopefully, you know, time permitting. We both have busy schedules with work and fatherhood and stuff like that. So um, we'll be doing the best that we can to get episode five to you as quickly as possible. Um, we may even, maybe this year we might even get on a time frame and actually have, like, a regularly scheduled program. Maybe future, like the future only knows, right? So having said that, you guys have a fantastic work week. Uh, it was great hanging out with you. Um, once again, contact info. I'm on Facebook at the Eric Bailey blog, Instagram at the Eric Bailey blog, and uh, at Eric the Black. Um, if you're rocking with me, like anything, you don't like anything, let me know. Um, and then um, we'll go from there. 